0: You remember what Father Ignacio said the past two Sundays of Lent? He asked me to take a quiz. (laughs) Well he talked about in the first Sunday of Lent, you remember, about the conversion of the mind. And the last Sunday, he talked about the conversion of the heart towards beauty, right? And today, I'd like to address (laughs) conversion uh, as well as we are... ...going through this time of Lent from another perspective. Namely, the wine of purification. Not of the purification that we accomplish by ourselves, but the one that God does in us. Notice that Lent is a time of conversion. We all know that. But there are conversions that we try to accomplish and conversions that the Lord tries to accomplish in us. The end goal is total transformation... That's why conversion is an ongoing thing, and it takes time, and it's painful. It's painful. Conversion is not easy. St. John of the Cross, taking up the, the image that we find in Scripture about the Lord being uh, 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 using fire to refine us, says something beautiful. Remember that the prophets have talked about the Lord refining His people. Like Zechariah has said, for instance, I will refine them as one refines silver. Talking about the people of God. And the prophet Malachi said about the Levites, he will sit refining and purifying silver. And he will purify the Levites, refining them like gold or silver, that they may bring offerings to the Lord in righteousness. So the Lord is, as the letter to the Hebrews says, um, consuming fire. And what does fire do in our souls? God wants us to be ablaze at the end of this process. And St. John of the Cross has a beautiful, beautiful quote um, I think he wrote in a book that it's kind of hard to read. It's called The Dark Night of the Soul. I don't know if you want to read that. It <laughs> doesn't sound too charming. But he has a... Um, a comparison with the soul that is being purged with the wood um, that goes into the fire. And this is what he says in this book. The soul is purged and prepared for union with the divine light just as the wood is prepared for transformation into the fire. Fire, when applied to wood, first dehumidifies it dispelling all moisture and making it give off any water it contains. Then it gradually turns the wood black, makes it dark and ugly, and even causes it to emit a bad odor. By drying out the wood, the fire brings to light and expels all, other, all those ugly and dark accidents that are contrary to fire. Finally, by heating and enkindling it from without, the fire transforms the wood into itself and makes it as beautiful as the fire itself. We are called not just to do penance. We're called to be ablaze, to be fire. But because of that, we have to undergo The transformation, the painful transformation uh, that awaits us. And there's no other way. That's why we put the cross up here in the center of the church to remind us that this is the only way that we are going to be transformed. It's a hard way, but it's the only way given our fallen nature. When St. Paul returned from his first missionary trip, in that trip he was Scorned, persecuted, stoned to death. They believed that he had died and he abandoned him. But he, he, he stood up again and he visited every single community he had preached the gospel to. And this is what he said to them on their way back. They strengthened the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith, saying... It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter enter the kingdom of God. It is necessary. It's not optional. It's necessary for us to undergo many trials. Today we read in scriptures the purification of the temple. It is not something that the the temple guards did. It's not something that the Pharisees did. It's not something the Levites did. It's something Jesus did. In his own wisdom and power. And it's a very good... um, or sublime, sublime lesson from us. Because... God wants to purify us. Maybe we can call it, with Christian tradition... passive purification. You know, we... In, in Lent, we do so many things that are good. We set our goals. Well, some, some people at least. Some have like a very vague, have made resolutions that are not very good. Or like a, a, um, sort of a general wish to be a better person. Well, that obviously doesn't take you too long, too far, right? But maybe, maybe you have. A Lenten uh, plan. Maybe you know full well what you're gonna do. I'm gonna root out this habit. I'm gonna start doing this, which I haven't done and I always wanted to. And I have very precise, like action items, a timeline. How am I gonna accomplish all of this? Well, great. But still, it is we the ones who are making the decisions. We set up the goals. We say, what are we going to do? We make the moves. We even evaluate how well we do it according to our own standards. The Lord wants to do something in us that maybe you don't dare to do for yourself. That's why He has to take action. And that's what tradition calls passive purification. Notice that they were not expecting Jesus' visitation in the temple. Much less they expected their tables being turned upside down, or seeing their coins flying (laughs) in the temple porticoes, or the animals all over the place. It is something that sometimes... We are not ready to detach ourselves. We don't dare to give something up, to, to embrace Christ more wholly. So he has to do it for ourselves. And that is painful. And that's what is called passive purification. Passive because it's opposite to active. Active is what you want to do. You set yourself to do. But sometimes the Lord works in very mysterious circumstances many things that just happens to us. And if we have faith. We have to believe that. Those things. Are part of God's plan. And that he's using. All of those things. To make you and me better. To make you and me. ablaze with his fire. So it, it is necessary. To undergo this. What are these passive purifications? Things that just. Happen circumstances to you. Maybe I could say three things. One. Purifying sickness. Things that. Sickness is is usually. A means that God uses. To purify us. Because we feel so strong. We're so prideful. Sometimes he allows sickness. For us to open our eyes. And and learn that we are. Dependent on him. Something is not just like a sickness, but a physical defect. It doesn't impede you from working and acting normally, but it represents a sort of discomfort that pushes you a little bit. Someone was telling me not too long ago about he had back pain, and every time he made a a bad move, Uh, he felt the pain in in the back. And so as he was reminded of that, he said, well, maybe every time I, I, I feel this pain in my back, I should also remember the cross. Oh, how beautiful that is. It's like pain is taking him closer to the Lord, not further away from him. Sometimes the Lord uses that to bring us closer to him. Also, it could be just exterior... Trials, things that happened to you that you were not responsible for. Sometimes we face opposition. Sometimes um, it could be that someone we suffer slander or false accusations. Sometimes it could be that people contradict us in public and we are humiliated or just interrupt us. our patient is tested when we are going through traffic jams. Simple as that. But we all have to face exterior trials, big or small. And not only exterior, but interior trials. St. Paul, at the end of his second letter to the Corinthians, says, Therefore, that I might not become too elated a thorn in the flesh was given me an angel of satan to beat me to keep me from being too elated interior trials and many all Christians have to go through this what could those be what could be something that I could defect I cannot eradicate from my personality a sin. But it could be something different. The Lord may be purifying you, maybe in your prayer. You pray and, and you're dry. You feel as nothing happens. Is the Lord still there? There was a time when I felt so much love for Christ, and now it seems like all of that is gone. I'm dry. Is he even listening to me? That could be very well an internal, interior trial, testing. We have two options when we are faced with this. either fight back, push back, resist, and even reproach God for this. Why do you this, do this to me? How can you, why do you allow this to happen to me? We rebel against, against it. We might embrace it. The Lord gave it to me. The Lord took it away. Praise be the name of the Lord, said Job. He didn't expect anything that happened to him. But he praised God even in those circumstances. It's very famous that St. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola, after founding the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, being like a revolution, really, in the church at that time, after the, um, the Reformation, the Lutheran Reformation, and having so many vocations, sending missionaries and priests off to China, to India, to the Americas, right? All over Europe, being super successful by all human and divine accounts. Someone asked him, what if the Lord asks you to shut down the Society of Jesus? Now those, this is something he had invested his whole life in. It's not anything just to say, "Oh, well, I, I close my business and I go to something else." What am I going to do now? Open a bakery, maybe? You know, like, it's not anything task that. It... And he said, "Well, if I know for sure if the Lord appears to me and he says that, I think it'll take me 15 minutes of prayer." And then I'll be okay. Well obviously the Lord would not change gears so easily. Right? It was something that the Lord wanted. And that the Lord inspired. But it took him 15 minutes only to embrace the will of God. Circumstances serve. And the Lord shape us. And purifies us. It's not something that we expect. It's something that he does in us. You and I. We are his temples of the Holy Spirit and the purification that we don't dare to do for ourselves the Lord will do we have to cooperate